there, chefs. We got a great show lined up for you this evening. I can balance a can on my head. Bender's balancing a can on his head. It's not like that hard, but he can. I can can. What <laughs> he can can. What he just said was not uh, false. He yeah, can do it for it's real. It's on here. He's doing it still. I'm still doing it. I'm even kind of shaking a little bit. The reverend is was balancing on your head. Yep. <laughs> That's sexual. (laughs) So today we have a wonderful show lined up for you. We talk about The Reverend, which Mm -hmm. is the beer that we acquired at the Quick Stop. Yeah. That's what we're calling it. It's not a Maristop or whatever the fuck it is. It's It's, Quick Stop. It's it's not really an Maristop. It's the Quick Stop. Yeah. But it's not really an Maristop. No. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) It's the Quick Stop. Anyways, we talk about that. And then uh, we give you a tangent-fueled review of The Breakfast Club. Mm-hmm. Because that's what we do when we review things. We, we go on tangents. We talk about the, the, BC the BC for a while. Yeah. And then it goes off into realms that uh, you can't expect. No. Please keep an open mind when you're listening to this episode. Yeah. Um, Bender reveals some information about me that you might find shocking 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 but don't don't hate us for it uh so while you're enjoying this cast you can check us out all across the internet uh you can start at www.superdivorceme.com that's our home base our mother base uh while you're there add your email to our mailing list you'll get three free Full song downloads from our brand new album coming out in fall. We, uh, we can let's announce it. Let's announce it right October now. October twenty seventh. October twenty seventh. You want to do the name? Give them the name. Super Divorce Action Figures. That's it. Action Figures is the name of our album. The release date is October twenty seventh. Uh, what you might not know is that release date has been pushed back for certain reasons. We're not yeah. going to tell you why. Yeah. But the album's done. You can tell when you hear the songs by subscribing to our email list. Mm-hmm. You can also find us all across social media. Facebook, Super Divorce, uh, and Twitter, Twitter. At Super Divorce. Maybe not all across social media, but those two for <laughs> those sure. Those two, yeah. Um... Well, where can they find you? Me, myself, and Irene. (laughs) (laughs) You can find me on Instagram at BenderButt. And if you would like to find me on Instagram or any other social media platform, you can just look up my name, IRL, Nicholas Villars. At Nicholas Villars. Not Villars. Please don't fucking call me Nicholas Villers because I used to call you Villers. I I stopped correcting people. I know better now. I started hearing Villers when I was playing ragball. Ragball? Did you ever play ragball? No. You're getting an extended intro, folks. Because, <laughs> because we're about to describe <laughs> ragball to you. Ragball back in my day. I don't know if they do it anymore. Actually, I don't think they do because I've never heard of a sign-up where you can take your kids to do this. Ragball was a precursor to T-ball. Okay. Where the ball was like kind of a squishy, fabric-y 
type of ball. Okay. It was a pink ball, basically made out of a rag, if you will. It didn't look like a rag. Right. Of course, that looked like a ball. It looked like a ball, but it, but it was. It felt like squishy. Yeah. And uh, and that's what it was. It was for kids who were like, I would imagine, I'm pretty sure I was in like preschool or kindergarten when I played rag ball. Just one year to get you ready for t ball. So. Interesting. Yeah. Never. I've literally never heard of that. Yep. Played rag ball down at Rice Field, Mammisburg, great state of Mammisburg. <laughs> Mammisburg. <laughs> and um, so, hey, if you played rag ball and you have any stories from rag ball, hit us up. Hit us up, man. Dudes and dudettes. Really? Yeah. I so popped my tab into my can. Uh, you popped. Is there any beer left in there? Yeah. I'm going to drink it anyway. Gotta be careful. I'll be fine. Don't swallow that. It's going to be fine. That'll be awful. Enjoy this episode, chefs. Yeah. We are not getting a divorce. We are not getting a divorce. We are not getting a divorce. Hey, man. Welcome to the Super Divorce Supercast. This is Nicholas. And Bender. We're going to start off the evening before we get into our breakfast club episode yeah which i watched last night i mean this is pretty cool because i mean we've done it before we were like next week's show will be about this and we do it but i feel like our track record hasn't been the best on that no and 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 part of that you know not to make excuses but recording kind of threw a wrench it did in all of the uh planned stuff for a while and we really kind of we put a lot of mental effort into that, so we had to relax for a bit, a couple weeks. But we just got back from our walk. Yes, which uh, hopefully you guys have been watching Super Divorce Gets Beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a fun little show. And we got permission from our friend to record in the store next week. Yeah. So we're going to so do that. We won't have to cut the camera next time. Nope. Which is pretty cool. Three episodes in, already, already getting to film in the store. We uh, went with, what is this, Avery Brewing Company's The Reverend Belgian-style quadruple ale. I've never seen the word quadruple spelled out. You haven't? No. It's the first first for you here? I think so. (laughs) It's a very odd-looking word. I feel like you probably had it on a spelling test at some point. I've never had to spell the word quadruple. Hmm. It's a good looking word. It I mean, is. it's weird, but it's a, it's a, like, it's a pleasing, <laughs> it's a pleasing letter combination. Quadruple. Quadruple. I, uh, hmm. Me, I feel like I've seen it written out before, but, um, I feel like if you would have asked me to spell it, I don't know that I would have ended it with P-E-L. Like, P-L-E. Seems like the more obvious quadruple. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe there are uh, two spellings. Maybe. maybe this is like um, like an old style. You know, like the difference between shop and shoppy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've always been a big fan of shoppy. By the way, yeah. I like shoppy. <laughs> so it's a ten percent alcohol. 
uh, beer. In a 12-fluid ounce can. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're packing a lot in here. Yeah, it's, uh, up at the top it says, not for Sundays. Or not just for Sundays. Yeah. Um, and there is a very ominous-looking reverend on the front. Yeah, he, he definitely looks sinister. <laughs> yeah. He's maybe had a little too much. He looks like... Uh, did you ever play that game, Dante's Inferno? I never played that. Oh, it's no. really good. Well, I mean, if you like God of War, you'll like Dante's Inferno, because it's the same fucking thing. I was going to say he reminds me of... Uh, there are like some evil priests in that um, anime Helsing. Have you ever watched that? I think I napped to it one time. Yes. <laughs> you napped to it. <laughs> <laughs> Which means I put on the whole season because Hulu will just like run through it. Mm-hmm. And I watch the first like two and a half episodes and then sleep until episode 26. Yeah, he's definitely not just like the Reverend. No, it's, it's like the, the Reverend. reverend. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> All right. Uh, Belgian... Belgian-style quadruple ale. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. I'll put some hair on your chest. Yeah. Mm. It's good. It is. It's like a... But it's a... It's a man's beer. <laughs> yeah. This is not... Um, this is not to be... Uh, uh, categorized with your... Angry Orchard... Yeah, or I was going to say maybe Natty Light. Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah. It's not a light beer. No, it is. This is a heavy beer, but it's quite good. It is. Very flavorful. And and see, here's what I like about beers like this as opposed to an IPA, is I feel like there's more distinct flavor in something like this. Yeah. Notes, if you will. With IPA, I'd say it every time, but the whole pine thing, I just don't... Spitter. Right here on the side of the can, it says brewed and canned by Avery, Avery Brewing Company, Boulder, Colorado. Created by God, feared by Satan, loved by all. Reverend Luther Tucker. The Reverend is a divinely complex and beautifully layered creation with hints of dark cherries. I get that. Mm-hmm. Currants and molasses, complemented by an underlying spiciness. And a sinfully smooth 10% alcohol by volume. Hmm. Brewed with Rocky Mountain water, malted barley, imported Belgian, uh, specially malted barley, dark Belgian candy sugar, hops, and Belgian yeast. It all sounds great. Yeah, I feel like you get all of that while you're drinking it. Yeah. But you're right, an IPA, when you drink it, it's just bitter and gross. It's like, well, we use this strain of hops. I don't fucking care. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sure that some like super IPA elitists probably think that we're total noobs when we talk about IPAs, but I don't give a shit because I don't, I don't like what you were saying when we were in the shop this evening in the shoppy, the beer shop. Yeah, the beer shoppy. Is you're looking at all these beers and they have so many IPAs and so many of them look cool. I just don't want to drink them but part of you feels like you you should like acquire the taste because i'll admit that i probably could if i forced myself to over time it's just i'm so uninterested right now because there are other beers that i already enjoy that i know i will like so it's like do you is it worth it to keep buying beer that you don't like for however long and hope that someday it's going to taste good to you 
Well, the good news for us is our friend has, uh, over the next two weeks, there's going to be four different Oktoberfests available there. So, fuck IPAs. <laughs> yeah, we we just saw the Sam Adams Oktoberfest this yep. evening. He's got uh, Sam Adams, and then he told us he's got Rheingeist Oktoberfest, which sounds awesome, because mm-hmm. I like Rheingeist a lot. And a Kentucky Bourbon Oktoberfest coming. And then I think one other that got a little lost in translation. Oktoberfest. Heralding the best time of the year. Mm-hmm. Get a lot of good stuff coming up. Renaissance Festival. Mm, fun. Always fun. Halloween. I already saw, uh, what was it? Halloween City, I think. Really? Over by the Dayton Mall. Nice. At least the sign's up. I don't know if it was actually open yet. Right. I don't think I don't think they'll, they'll open until probably late August. Mm-hmm. Maybe even, maybe even like Labor Day. Michael's Craft Store is already carrying all of their, like, oh, Halloween nice. Town... The spooky town stuff? Yeah. I know yeah. Kyle and Trinity are like super into the spooky town things. Yeah, he sent me a bunch of pictures the other day. That's cool. Cool cool little stuff. I'd like to do something probably. I don't think, I might not be able to this year, we'll, we'll see, but like I always want to just like go balls to the wall with a Halloween costume. Mm-hmm. I think... You know, soon I'll be able to. Maybe this year. Yeah. So. Um, okay, go ahead. Uh, what was I going to say? Shit. Oh, no. What were you going to say? So we watched The Breakfast Club. We did. Well, you did. I did. You had my copy. Yeah. I've seen it enough that I feel like I can speak with you competently about it. Probably. Without having just watched it. But you just watched it last night. I did. I did. All right. So... Right off the bat, thumbs up or thumbs down? Thumbs up. Easily. Yeah, easily. Compared to um, the other maybe 80s movies of its type that you've seen, where do you feel it, it ranks? I don't know how many of the John Hughes... I don't know Hughes... I've seen either. I saw... What was the one I watched with... Uh, you with... saw Pretty in Pink, That's right. right. Yeah. Pretty in Pink. Mm-hmm. I couldn't... Yeah. Ducky. Yeah. So I think I've only seen like Pretty in Pink and The Breakfast Club. And, and you've like seen Ferris Bueller. Ferris Bueller. Yeah. That's another John Hughes. So. I've seen Say Anything once. Is that John Hughes? No. Okay. But it's, it's in the same wheelhouse. I right. Feel. It's in a wheelhouse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've only seen it once. That is a long time ago. So that's, we'll, you know, knock that one out. Um, I feel like, I think we had already kind of touched on it in a previous cast, but, uh, well, we touched on it in the Pretty in Pink cast, The Breakfast Club, just like, I wasn't a high schooler in the 80s, but watching that movie, I can identify with everything they're saying. Yeah. I was like, yep, I, it was exactly like that in high school. To like, to a T, you know. Do you think it still is? Because that's something that I think about when I watch that movie now. It's like, what would happen? I've seen a meme about it before where it's like, well, if this took place today, 
they would never have talked to each other because they just would have been staring at their phones the whole time and probably you know you never get that i i don't know maybe maybe it would happen maybe it wouldn't but it definitely seems like part of part of the unfolding of that movie is the fact that they had nothing else to do in there and you're stuck here all day right. so like how are you going to get through it without going insane <laughs> I have to maybe agree that if the same scenario were to go down today, um, it it would not maybe turn out the same way. Unless everyone's phones were taken before right. they went in. Right. But what if they, you know, what if there's computers in the library? I mean, unless you have, unless you restrict all technology use, you know. I mean, it is detention. It is. It so. Is. I feel like if it was just, all right, you're going to sit at these tables right. all day. You have to write an essay with a pencil. Mm-hmm. Like, old school style, you know. Yeah. But, I mean, they are in detention, so they are troublemakers already. But, you know, is there going to be that one kid that risks getting more detention to like start the conversation and to rile everybody up and to get everybody out of their seats and because that's what Bender is in this movie. Yeah. He's the one that like is like okay, fuck this, like we're mm-hmm. in detention. Let's shut that door like we weren't like we were told we're not supposed to. Yeah. And let's hang out in the li- let's smoke weed in the library. Because they Saturday school. Well, it required a character like that because even though yeah, they did something to get in trouble each of them. Yeah. You still had characters that like typically wouldn't be in detention you know right besides him it seems so yeah that's uh it's an interesting thing it's it makes me think back to the first time i got detention and it's strange how crushing that can be if you consider yourself a good kid mm-hmm. which i did yeah. you know i was like 4.0 and like i was always you know really cool with the teachers and never got in trouble. Yeah. But I, I kind of got roped into a conversation one day when a movie was, was on and the teacher asked us several times to like be quiet. And one of the kids in the group that I was with kept talking. And so guilt by association, he just kind of stopped. He's like, all right, all three of you have detention. And I was just like, Oh no. <laughs> Cause I'd never had detention before. <laughs> think it's the worst thing ever yeah and so you can kind of feel a little bit of that with uh especially like molly ringwald's character mm-hmm. and anthony michael hall's where it's like you know these two especially aren't like primed for this exactly right they feel like they're above it somehow uh-huh. in different ways you know i don't think that anthony michael hall's character is like as pompous about it as Molly Ringwald is, she's like the total elitist, popular girl, you yeah. know, perfect. Right. She but, brings fucking sushi for lunch. <laughs> Which was, it's not like in the 80s there were sushi restaurants five minutes from everyone's house. Yeah, know, like, like it is now. now. Yeah. Um, I, I just, yeah, I just enjoyed, I enjoyed the, the movie. You, it's just identifiable on every level. I mean, you can be any age and just identify with it. 
Um, and I don't think that anybody is too exaggerated. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's another thing that John Hughes somehow was just able to tap into was that not only did he make these characters that are relatable, but they're so well relatable because they they don't take those relatable characters characteristics and exaggerate them into a Hollywood style. Yeah. You know, like like I've never been, you know, I'm I'm not a kid from the wrong side of the tracks, but like I identified with John Bender's character, you yeah. know, just being like outcast and, you know, not getting love and affection from his parents and being the punching bag and whatever yeah. and than acting the way he does because of it. Like, yeah. you can obviously tell, well, he's this way because that's how he gets treated. Yeah. Like, when he when he kind of goes off at, at one point, you know, mimicking the conversation between him and his dad. Yeah. You know, and it gets really intense there for a second. And you feel how real that is to him. And uh, But it reminds me of some kids that, that I was friends with in school who kind of had it rough in that way. And so, like you said, it, it didn't feel like, even though these are all like, they're all stereotypes in a sense, yeah. but they don't feel stale or like phoned in. It's like, of course, most people fall into some category. You can't avoid that. But like a problem that writers have in fashioning a character that does fall into a stereotype Um, especially in like a high school film is being able to still make it unique somehow. And even though they do fall into like the category of like the kid from the wrong side of the tracks or the pretty popular girl or the jock, it's like this movie hits those categories, but the, the way that they're represented is done so that it doesn't feel like your intelligence is being insulted. Right. They feel real. Yeah. So, yeah, I, it's one of those movies where every time that I happen to see it on TV, I just stop and let it let it play mm-hmm. from wherever it is. You know, I I can watch it a million times. <clears throat> I really, I feel like she had the smallest role, but I really liked the the um, what do they call her? Uh, Ali Sheedy's yeah, Ali Sheedy the basket case. Yeah, yeah. I liked her character a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she's just almost like you know, even watching the movie, like you don't know sometimes whether or not she actually struggles with like some sort of mental illness. Yeah. Because, like, there's the part where, you know, she's talking about, like, being sexually active and everything. Trying to get Molly Ringwald to admit whether or not she's done it. Yeah. (laughs) Have you done it yet? Yeah. Um, But then she's, you know, Molly Ringwald, like, says she hasn't. And then she's like, neither have I. Like, I'm a virgin. I'm just a pathological liar. Yeah. And you're like, she might be a pathological liar. (laughs) Right. Um, but I just thought it was an interesting representation of like that, that stereotype, Mm -hmm. because again, 
I feel like I knew people like that in high school who were yeah. just like weird and just completely misunderstood mm-hmm. for whatever reason it was, you know, what, yeah. like they're, they just, they just were, they were socially awkward and that's how they were, you know? Yeah. But it, it makes me think of like the, the truth in a sense of what happens when you have no choice but to interact with people who are much different than you are. And even if you start out very brash with each other, generally, it's not like everyone has to even get on the same level. And Because clearly at the end of this movie, it's not like they've all had this epiphany and they all come up with a new approach to life that they all share. It's like they're all still basically who they were when they went in, but they've learned to like work with each other somehow. Right. And they worked it out to where they still have their differences, of course, you know, and they don't know what's going to happen when they go back to school. But for this, this afternoon anyway, when they were forced to interact with each other and they couldn't hide away behind whatever, behind, you know, their popularity and not wanting to be seen associating with this person or in the case of, uh, you know, the, the basket case. What was her name? Um, Allison. Yeah. Like, well, she, she had to speak up and she was able to do it. So I think that that kind of shows something about people being more capable than sometimes they think they are. And she was able to navigate those waters and they end up forming this weird bond where they, they learn to live with each other without forcing each other to become one or the other right it's not like everyone had to become a jock right everyone had to become a basket case it's like they were still able to stay who they are but they didn't hate each other at the end of it i it's it's really it's it's just really good it's great um just lesson in like just sit down and fucking listen to each other Mm -hmm. you know Again, like you said, even if uh, you're forced into a situation where things start out brash, you know, because that's how this whole thing starts out, is they're all really just yelling at each other at first. Yeah. Um, I think it's important for people to, like, not, and we've talked about this before, too, but, like, not argue to win, Mm -hmm. but argue to understand. Right. You know, and so that's kind of a theme that like an underlying theme in the movie is that like they all start out just like butting heads and yelling at each other. But then it's eventually it's just kind of like one person will break and say something that really lets their character out. They really yeah. kind of like open up and throw it all on the table and it's up to the rest of the characters to like pick that up and accept it or to leave it on the table and shun that person away. And, you know, part of the reason the movie works is that, Whenever that happens, all the other characters kind of open up too and go, okay, well, let's deal with that. Yeah. You know, and uh, so it's just really, it's really interesting. But even throughout the movie, um, when things seem to be going really well, you know, one person will say the wrong thing and it'll elicit a fuck you from someone else, you know. So you're right. They really keep who they are keep themselves but it's just sort of like a a learning to coexist 
type of scenario, which the whole world just needs to learn to coexist. Yeah. Nobody needs to be, <clears throat> not everybody needs to be Catholic, and not mm-hmm. everybody needs to be, like, rich, or not every, every, you just need to be fine. Everybody should just watch the Breakfast Club. <laughs> well, that's a big problem I have with social media, is that it's so easy now to hear one thing, and then rather than dealing with a person, you just you just shut it down. Right. Because they said something you didn't like. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, you're blocked. Or, you know, it, it, it's like a... It sucks. Because you don't, you don't get to understand why people are feeling the way they're feeling. Because you hear something you don't like. And then it's like, well, just, oh, fuck you then. Get out of here. Mm-hmm. You know? <clears throat> so, I think that that... Uh, that that goes for everyone, I will say. Um, and it's it's one of the reasons I don't really say shit, because <laughs> I I like keeping my friends and, but at the same time, you know, it does suck when you read or hear something and you want to say something, but then you're like, I don't I want know. this person to block me. Yeah, or I don't want them to automatically think i'm like the worst person in the world just take it the wrong way yeah but i feel like in in a mature setting in a mature world then people would be more open to that maybe that's one of the downfalls of the digital age is that everything is reduced to this interface you know Mm -hmm. it's just a screen in front of you it's much harder to uh to do that to a person's face I've yeah, I've seen you know it's you're much more likely to have a worthwhile discussion or a debate amongst a group of friends like in person because for some reason it's like it seems acceptable to hit the block button or to be like you know unfriend me if you don't feel this way but if you were hanging out with a group of people and someone said something that like everyone else didn't agree with it would be I feel like it would be much harder and it seems much more absurd to me to imagine a scenario where that happens and then then everyone just gets up and leaves uh-huh. or tells the other person to get out immediately. Right. I feel like the reaction in person would be more like, well, what do you mean by that? Or how, why do you think that? Well, like exact example, when we were in Michigan, we were in the car and... Uh, we, I was like, I described a billboard to you that was like, make car sales great again or whatever, <laughs> yeah. you know, and you <clears throat> were just like, I don't know, I'm kind of getting on board with this whole Trump presidency thing. Yeah. And I was like, no, you're not. <laughs> like, I literally thought you were joking. Yeah. And you were like, no, I'm serious. Like, I, I kind of, and we, we haven't, we still haven't talked about it. Yeah. Um, you haven't like had a chance to explain why Mm -hmm. you're on board or getting to be on board with it. But that is a time. It's not like I was just like, get out of my car. Yeah. You know, just like, I would hope not. Right. I mean, you know, far more about politics than I do. Mm -hmm. Um, from what I know, I don't agree. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that if you do agree, we're not going to be in a band, or I'm going to stop being your friend. Well, I don't agree with everything. Right. But it's just, I'm I'm not as 
<clears throat> I'm not as cut and dry on on the situation as many people are, you know. And again, it's one of those things that that I ha- I don't really talk about, right? Because so I, many people get up in arms about it. Yeah, because you say anything like, okay, well, maybe I agree with this that that is part of the platform or whatever. And I'm not going to get into t- particulars because we've talked about it before. We're not a political band, and no. and I have no. I'm not going to push an agenda no. on anyone from any side. You know, it's like, but I I keep an open mind. For instance, like we played a fucking Bernie Sanders benefit last year. <coughs> um, we went. To we went to one. Sorry, we went to, we went to one. Benefit. Yeah, we went to one, and our friends played it. Yeah, Tooth. and uh, and like I donated. Yeah. So clearly, I'm not like lying in the sand. It's like I keep an open mind and I keep evaluating things and my views change over time. I'm not I'm not one of these people who has ever been the type to uh vote straight ticket for all Republicans or all Democrats. Yeah, it's, my it's dad's like, a straight ticket Republican, yeah. I think. It's just it, that just has always seemed silly to me. It's like so and I didn't vote for Trump. I thought it was a joke, you know. <laughs> but after after it happened, it's like, okay, well, what are you going to do? Like, he's the president now, so, well, I'll see what happens. And well, you could rally, revolt, and impeach him, but... Yeah, I guess, but until he... Until that happens. Yeah, unless there's... You have to you have to do something worthy of being impeached to, to get impeached. It's not just yeah. like people don't like you, so you're impeached now. It's like, well, so let's see what happens. And that's kind of where I've been, and again, not... Not everything has been kosher with me, but I just I'm just not in the camp who's ready to to ostracize anyone who supports the guy or you know because my like I know other people who are like totally gung ho about or certain issues that I still disagree with and it's like isn't but isn't that part of like the dynamic of interacting with people is still being able to to move past that somehow instead of saying, well, unless you agree with me, unless you change your opinion then fuck you, because that's the, that's the fastest way to get someone to, to resent you. Right. You know, because not only, not only are you coming across as like just morally pompous, but you're also, I think if you don't take the time to listen to someone, and understand why they feel the way they do, then then it feels very dismissive. And like, you know, like they don't have reasons for feeling the way they do about certain things, which everyone does. So, it's, uh, it's a bit of a shit show. Yeah. But it's, it's something that this movie, movie makes me think about, to be honest with you. And you saw a similar theme in Pretty in Pink, you know, with like the interacting of the classes Mm -hmm. in that movie um we i think you have to be able to do that you have to be able to to work with people and if there's ever a movie about trump's presidency yeah like let's say just hypothetically nothing like nothing against or for or anything yeah let's just say hypothetically his presidency like 
goes down in flames. Mm-hmm. Like something happens, and he he does get impeached. He's like what, like the third president to ever be impeached, or some shit, mm-hmm. or whatever. Just something crazy that deserves a movie about him. Yeah, James Spader for <laughs> Donald Trump. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. I think he, he could. Would. He would nail it. I'm sure he would. Yeah. So James Spader, if you're listening, <laughs> you should play Donald Trump in a Donald Trump movie. I'd I'd totally be on board with that. That would be so awesome. You know, I still never saw the uh, the George W. Bush movie where uh, Josh Brolin played him. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you ever? I think it was I, it's a, called W. W. Yeah. Wasn't it an Oliver Stone movie? Pause. I'm pretty sure it was. I don't know. I that uh, was just never interested <laughs> us. <laughs> well, I wasn't. I definitely wasn't a Bush fan, so I can say that with confidence. Yeah. Again, well, maybe I'll um, I'll start a political talk show. And yeah, don't do that. No, I'm not that. I'm just kidding. I'm you know what I really that. liked in Pretty in, in Breakfast Club? Pretty in Pink, too. Mm-hmm. In Breakfast Club was the uh, dancing scene. Yeah. Specifically because, like, nobody dances more 80s than Molly Ringwald. Like, it was... The, the dancing scene, as short as it was, was so good. Yeah. I was like, I need to learn how to do this for when we perform. Because it is a very distinctly 80s dance. Yeah. That both Molly Ringwald and Judd Nelson are doing. They're doing two different styles, Mm -hmm. but it is wholly 80s. Yeah. And I was just like, what I wouldn't give to be in an 80s club where everybody is dancing the same way. Well, hopefully people will dance that way at our shows. Yeah. That would be nice. It was excellent. Like I was like I was watching it and I was just like, okay, I need to learn how to do that. I, yeah. These are good moves. This is mm-hmm. a good move. No, like the foot thing that mm-hmm. he does with uh, Ali Sheedy's character, yeah. Allison mm-hmm. Bender and Allison, loved it. So good. How do you feel about the uh, the hookup at the end? Oh, between the the basket case and the jock and mm-hmm. the princess and the the criminal. Yeah. I will say. I think, like the cliche exists because of this movie. Yeah. Like in future high school movies, the jock going out with the weird girl and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um. It probably didn't start in this movie, but no. that's what... I'm sure it's taken... I'm sure it's happened plenty of times in real life. I'm sure know? it has, too. Uh, there, I've dated girls that are not, you know, no tattoos and blonde hair and, yeah. you know, whatever. Um, so, but what I was saying, uh, I think the, the hookup, the switcheroo, mm-hmm. the only part of the movie that was a little, like, eh, I mean, it makes sense, and I think that, 
especially Molly Ringwald and Judd Nelson, Bender and Claire. Yeah. I think they're more believable than Andy and Allison. I don't know why. Maybe it's because with with Bender and Claire, their personalities are really, really strong. Yeah. So it's almost like you you feel that chemistry when they clash. And you're mm-hmm. like, okay, well, I see how this might lead to the whole opposites attract kind of thing where it's like, you know, fucking hate you so much, I love you kind of deal that they end up with their... Uh, the other one, yeah, I mean, like, I can see it. It's not like it doesn't make sense. But I don't like how Molly Ringwald... I don't like how Claire gives Allison a makeover mm-hmm. before she goes to Andy. Yeah. I was like... I thought, like, just in general terms, just I always... I've always thought that she was, like, smoking what? just by herself. Like, yes. the way she looked normally, yes. you know? Me too. Like, I thought, the, I thought the makeover was a downgrade. Yes. You know? So did I. Way hotter yeah. as, like, the goth weird kid. Yeah. Way hotter. Um, yeah, but then she gets the makeover and kind of goes to him. And I, because I kind of feel like that plays into the whole, like, well, she's trying to fit into his world. Yeah. So that she'll, he'll like her. You know? Yeah. And but I, I, well, I get it. Yeah. And it's cool and it all works out and it's believable and everything. I just felt like that was the only part of the movie. Where I was just kind of like, predictable, you know? <laughs> yeah. To play devil's advocate on that, I suppose you could also say, well, maybe maybe she liked dressing that way, but she just didn't feel like it was her bag, kind of. Right. So she, was, she felt confident enough by the end of it to try oh, it out or right, something. Or couldn't, couldn't afford to dress that yeah. way. I mean, her parents ignored her mm-hmm. all the time, so there could have been any number of reasons she didn't dress that way. Um, but no, I definitely thought she was hotter as a goth kid. Yeah. Might be our, might be our, um, our kind of, uh... Sorry to interrupt, you Oh, good night. Good night. And have a good podcast. Have a good podcast. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Right. Love, you. Love you. Bye-bye. Bye. So, yeah, it might have been just like, um, uh... Oh, I don't know where it's going. Yeah, it, it can make sense, and maybe I'm doing the equivalent of like <clears throat> when something and when something stupid happens in a wrestling match, and then you come up with reasons in kayfabe or <laughs> in the wrestling world as to why they did it that uh, way to make up for it. But who knows? It's okay. It doesn't ruin the movie or anything. No. Overall, just just a great. I mean, I'm sure anybody that's seen it knows how good it is. It's it's just wholly relatable on every level. The classic scene where the the principal is yelling at Bender is like, "You want another set of, yeah, you got it, Mister." Like, <laughs> yeah, it's just he's so such, good. He's just like, he's such a dick at the right times, you mm-hmm. know. And it's great. Um, but then you know. He is kind of, then you get the vulnerability, you know, when he's exposed when, when it looks like, um, he's going to get his ass kicked by the principal, you know? Yeah. And ends up kind of cowering and 
you see, okay, well, yeah, this is just a high school kid. Well, you know, even when he fights Andy, yeah, and Andy wrestles him to the ground immediately, he backs up, yeah, a lot mm-hmm. and pulls a knife, yeah. You're like, okay, he he's not really that tough, yeah, and he knows it. Mm-hmm. Judd Nelson carries that movie, in my opinion. I mean, all of the characters are great and they're strong. Yeah, um, everybody does a really good job, but but. He just, he carries that movie for sure. Well, he's definitely the most memorable, I feel like. Yeah. When you think of The Breakfast Club, you think of Judd Nelson. Oh, yeah. First and foremost, I feel. And it's, uh, yeah, it's it's funny to, uh, to think of Anthony Michael Hall in that role. Yeah. With what he did after, well, I mean, he kind of played the nerdy character and a few 80s movies. Well, he did the nerdy character in Breakfast Club and 16 Candles. No, Weird Science. Weird Science. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, yeah, was, yeah, he, he was in 16 Candles, too. Because yeah. he gets the panties, yeah. right? Yeah, I was I was thinking Pretty in Pink. And yeah, no. That was the other dude who played Ducky. And I which, uh, which movie has Long Duck Dong in it? Uh, 16 Candles as well? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also Anthony Michael. Two yeah. nerdy kids in yeah. one movie. <laughs> Long duck dong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I think that... Um, I don't know. Like it's, it's become this thing where I love The Breakfast Club, but I've also grown a very deep appreciation for Pretty in Pink just it's another one where the characters are so strong in that movie mm-hmm. again and pretty in pink is is really good um when dealing with a different aspect of not necessarily i mean you don't have as many stereotypes as you do in breakfast club you've just got the rich and poor yeah but they very well they very accurately represent like both sides of it mm-hmm. so it's really really believable and relatable yeah even and, as somebody that kind of like skirts the middle, mm-hmm. you know, like I guess technically I'm poor, but I don't feel like I'm poor. You <laughs> well, know? yeah. But I mean, I remember having some friends in elementary school and there's one time that comes to mind. I remember like walking around our neighborhood and these other kids that went to school with us passed by. And, uh, and I, it was, it was weird because like, our neighborhood was separated by this this road in West Carrollton, and I was on. It was almost like the good and bad side of the tracks. Like I was, I was on the good side, if you will, you know. And then my buddy, he he lived on the wrong side, and uh, <clears throat> his parents were were you know they weren't wealthy or anything, but they were good people. Um, they just didn't have much, and. We were walking around one day, and these kids that we went to school with passed by, and they looked at him, and they're like, where'd you get those clothes, Goodwill? And I felt really bad for him, and it was just like, that sucks, you know? But but I feel like, you know, it... it, uh, But that never bothered me, you know, to hang out with people who other people saw as not having much money. It's like, well, who gives a shit, you know? 
how inconsequential to feel like you can only hang out with people who are well-to-do. And I feel like, I don't really think that I was, like, looking back, but I feel like I was that kid Mm -hmm. when I was younger. Like, a lot of my friends had, like, bigger houses and Mm -hmm. or, like, more toys or, you know, they had, like, nicer houses. But then again, like... A lot of them lived in like subdivisions, yeah. And I didn't have a concept for like what that meant, yeah. Um, and of course, I appreciate my my eclectic house more, but I, you know, I a lot of my a lot of my friends had really had nice houses. I had one friend that was his parents got divorced while we were in school, and then. Both of them lived in apartments, so anytime I'd hang out, I'd go to an apartment, and that really felt noticeable. Yeah. You know. But kudos to that kid. For his entire life, all the time I'd known him, he wanted to be a pilot, and uh, I friended him. We He friended me on Facebook maybe a year ago or so. He's a fucking pilot. He's, he want, I mean, kindergarten, yeah. maybe, wanted to be a pilot. He's a goddamn pilot. So, you know, good for that cool. kid. But just, uh, you know, on topic, I, yeah, I know, I know the feeling. I know the feeling that they, that there is in 16 Candles, you yeah. know? There were girls at school, if, if the roles were reversed, there were girls at school that I might not have talked to or would have been weirded out if they talked to me because they, you know, had a way nicer house than me or lived mm-hmm. in a different part of town than I did. Yeah, and then you feel weird meeting the parents and all that stuff. Yeah. You're not, like, up to that level I dated somehow. a girl in high school whose house was, like, bananas. Yeah. Yeah. And she was younger than me, too. Like, when I was a junior, she was a freshman. But... Her sister was in my class, which makes it even more <laughs> But, yeah, their house was, like, totally bonkers. That seems like it would be strange. Was she, was the girl in your class ever, like, around when you went over there? Was that strange at all? Not, like, all the time, mm-hmm. sometimes. And we were friends, but, like... And it was almost like I started it out as a joke. Mm-hmm. Like, she... Because we were friends. And she told me that, like... I was in the drum line. And she was like, oh, my sister's going to join the drum line. And I was just like, Psh, I'm going to date her. You know? <laughs> like, it started as a joke. But yeah. then, like, I did actually end up dating her. Uh-huh. Um, I, I dated another girl in, when I was a junior whose brother was in my class. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know why maybe it was weird well you know you're all kids at that point like i look back and think about how like i was like banging or anything yeah you know yeah well it's just it's weird to me i when you go into high school i remember being a freshman and looking like senior girls and being blown away by like how how much yes. older they seemed. Yeah. And now it's like, I feel like if I looked at any high school kid, I'd be like... Any of them. I don't know if you're in fucking ninth or 12th grade. Yeah, like, exactly. You look like a high school kid. I know that exact feeling. Yeah. When I was a freshman, maybe this is why it wasn't weird. When I was a freshman, I hung out with a junior girl. Mm-hmm. And just like, thought it was like... And her, 
like boyfriend that she was rocky with so they weren't dating they had broken up but it was rocky Mm -hmm. he was in college so it was like she was a junior i was a freshman he was in college i was like man (laughs) like i got it going on right now you know but you're right now if i look at if i go to like the fenwick festival yeah and there's a bunch of kids running around. I'm more like, I don't know if you're a senior in high school or you're in seventh grade. Like, you're a child. Yeah, I I had a huge crush on this girl when I was in 10th grade and she was a senior. And it took me months to finally, like, go up to her. She was, like, a teacher's aide in my science class. And I would just, like, stare at her. Yeah. Like, every time she came in, like, oh, my God. I would just want to talk to her so bad. And I finally did, and we went out one time, and I looked back, and it was, like, the worst date ever. It was, like, I just had no fucking clue, like, <laughs> so, uh, oh, man, you know, I, I just, I remember one thing I said, we went to Danbury and saw some movie, I can't remember what it was, but I was trying to make small talk, and we were in line waiting to get our tickets, and, uh, there was a guy, like, a few people ahead of us, and it was just this dude with, like, long hair, you know, and I had never had long hair at that point, and I was, like, making a joke, and it was like, what if I grew my hair out like that guy? (laughs) (laughs) Which I did. Yeah. Like, the next year. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, man, I, God, we were, when we were watching the movie, I, um, she had like fucking Sour Patch Kids in the cup holder, like on her right side. And I was sitting to the left of her and like, she was like, I'm just going to get some Sour Patch Kids. And I like reached around her and like tried to get some, you know, and then just left my arm there. And she was like smooth. And I was like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. It was so like awkward. High school is the worst. Like I don't know that she would have been. I. I don't know if she. Really felt bad about the way things went. It was just like I felt so stupid afterwards that I just didn't talk to her yeah. again. You know. Yeah. Can relate to that. So. Yeah, really, really awkward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, when I was a freshman, like. I asked out a number of people, and every single one of them was like, I just want to be friends. Uh-huh. It's like, <laughs> just kill me. Yeah. Let me just yeah. do that instead. Yeah. Everybody, I, a lot of, a lot of the people I work with now, like a lot of the servers and stuff are still in high school. Mm-hmm. It's so weird. It's, I don't, like, I just, they're just children. Yeah. You know? I was talking to, and like I have things in common with them, like I get along with them well enough, you know, but I was talking to this girl the other day and I was just like, I made a reference to that movie Big Fat Liar with Frankie Muniz and Paul Giamatti. Yeah. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. And the, like the big deal, even in the previews was like Paul Giamatti turns, his skin turns blue. <laughs> yeah. That's all I know about I it. I know. Exactly. I never saw it. That's all you That's, know. Yeah. I never saw it either. But, like, that's fucking all you know. Yeah. And I was, I made a joke, 
I like lied about something and they made a joke. I was like, man, I hope Frankie Muniz doesn't show up and turn my skin blue. <laughs> and the girl was like, what? And I was like, you know, like that movie. And she was like, what movie? And I was like, big fat liar. And she was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And I was like, how old are you? And she was like 17. And I was like, why are you working? <laughs> Like, oh man! Why are you not in school in the summertime? Like, that makes me like on on the uh, show Psych. One of the main characters, Sean, is constantly like referencing like eighties movies. Yeah, and they almost always go like over the head of whoever he's talking to. <laughs> so that's just what makes me think of like you, now. Now we're getting to the point where we're gonna reference like nineties shit, and people just are gonna have, have no, no idea. idea. Or early 2000s even. Yeah. Which I guess that's when that movie came out. But when you said that, like, the first thing that popped into my head was, like... And I don't even... I'm going to look it up in a second and see how accurate it is. I haven't thought of that movie in probably, like, ten years. Maybe longer. Yeah. Whenever it came out. But I feel like the cover is, like, Paul Giamatti, like, a close-up of his face. Like, something like that. And he's blue. And maybe, like, Frankie Muniz is, like, in the background, like, a little smaller or something. I think something. it's either that or, like, he's kind of, like, forward with his face all crazy. And then Frankie yeah. Muniz and, like, the, his girl partner were, like, back to back. Like, let's Alright, let's look up the cover for Big Fat Liar. <laughs> let's see. Big Fat... Oh, shit. It's, like, the exact opposite of what I was thinking. Um, hold on. waiting for it to another time just like literally this week uh one of the one of the server girls was listening to like fergalicious on her phone or whatever and she was like oh throwback and i was like i was like 16 when yeah. the song came out <laughs> like it's so weird yeah. I'm like really into early 2000s music. I was like, God. Is that how people feel when like we say we're into like 80s shit? It's just like I just the, there's in the 80s, I think I, I think any sort of like stigma about that like mm -hmm. everybody is into 80s something. That's I how I feel about the 80s definitely. We can at least say that we were born in the 80s. We can't. Like I was born in 85. What were you, 88 or 89? 89? Okay, well, you're still... I'm still born in the 80s. You made like, it. I was only like four months, <laughs> but I'm in there. Yeah, it, look. Okay. Paul Giamatti was in the back. Is that Amanda Bynes? It is. I didn't know Amanda Bynes was in it. I used to love her, by the way. When so I was, I. <laughs> I had a big crush on her. Frankie Muniz and Amanda Bynes and Paul Giamatti. Back when... I mean, I would have been really young, but I had a crush on her, like, when all that came on. Mm -hmm. I was, I'm probably about her age, I think. Um, and then I had a huge crush on Hillary Duff. Lohan. Lindsay Lohan for yeah. you? I had a big crush on Lindsay Lohan. Hillary Duff? I was a Hillary Duff boy. I had a, <laughs> I had a Hillary Duff poster hanging up oh in my Oh my room. god! <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was actually, it was probably a Lizzie McGuire poster, yeah. to be honest with you. I think it was before she started like her music career, but I used to watch Lizzie McGuire. I actually liked it, 
And I used to watch Even Stevens, too. Uh-huh. I still think Shia LaBeouf was hilarious on that show. It's been a long time since I've seen Even Stevens, but I think... I I imagine if I went back and watched it, you could still see Shia, La, Shia LaBeouf's acting chops yeah. on that show. Mm-hmm. It sucks that his life is like falling apart all the time. Is it right? Seems... Wait, well, I, just feel gotta... like, I feel like it falls apart and then he kind of picks up the pieces and does something really cool. I want him to do well. Yeah, he's really cool. I like Shia I LaBeouf. He's just an eclectic person. I don't know what happened with uh, with him in the Transformers series. I just watched, yeah. I just, I bought the, because uh, I want to see the new one. So I Last went out. Last night. Mm-hmm. I went out and I bought the uh, the collection of the first four movies. Oh, really? And um, we just watched the first one the other night, which I hadn't seen since it came out. And I remember watching the second one when it was released and never watched anything past that. But I know, I think he's only in the first two. And I don't know what happens. No, after he's that. in the third one. Is he in the third one? Okay, we'll have to see what happens. But I know Megan Fox didn't stick around. She's the one that they like. I read that she's she's in the second one too, mm-hmm. and then they butt her out in the third one. Shia LaBeouf stays because he has a new like girlfriend. Yeah, and you're just like, where do you get this fucking hot girlfriend? <laughs> yeah, and then the fourth one, Age of Extinction. That's Mark Wahlberg, right? And Wahlberg is in the new one too. And, and Wahlberg's probably going to be in the other 18 that planning. <laughs> <laughs> I've, like, I've really opened up to those movies. Have you? Like, it was weird. After I bought the, uh, the Shout Factory release of the cartoon movie, I've gotten mm-hmm. really back into it. And I was like, well... And I think part of it is that I started playing the, uh, the game, the fighting game. And in that... Me too. You got that too? Mm-hmm. Well... They've got Transformers from the movie universe and the cartoons. So it kind of like made me a little more open to the idea that that's just like a different universe going on. Right. So it's not like, well, here's what Optimus Prime really looks like. You can still imagine there's this cartoon universe over here where all your beloved characters are. And then the new ones are over here in this different place. Right. Well, they've got, I mean, like my roster is like... Um, I have Cartoon Optimus Prime, mm-hmm. but then I have uh, Grindor, and he's the helicopter. Yeah, you know, I've got Bumblebee, and it's the it's the Mustang, not yeah. like the old Bumblebee. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I've got like Motormaster, who is from the cartoon, I think. Bludgeon, who's probably from the movie. It's all you know. I didn't pick up on it the first time I watched it. It's so obvious now, probably because I've been paying attention to the cartoons a little more than I had for years. But in the first movie, when Shia LaBeouf goes looking for his car, uh, like, next to the car that Bumblebee actually is, is like a VW bug that's yellow. And I was like, oh, that's a nice little Easter egg. Oh, is that what uh, he is originally? Yeah, in the in the old cartoon. Uh, Mm-hmm. So they got a little fan service mm-hmm. here and there. But yeah, I have a... Also in that game, I think I have Hot Rod from the new movie, The Last Night. Mm-hmm. And they're selling... They're not... Well, you can you can get Drift. Drift yeah. from the new movie. 
or from Age of Extinction or something like that. Mm-hmm. But then Grimlock is from the cartoon. Yeah. I just bought Lazarus Cybertron. It's badass. Like uh, like a giant toy planet. Yeah, it's really? it's probably about this big. Yeah. But it's yeah, it transforms. Really? It's got like this key that you you put the key in, you have to like pull it back and then it starts the transformation and it's pretty neat. That's pretty yeah. sweet. Yeah, Transformers are really they make for cool toys, I think. They do. I was thinking about that. I was like I was trying to figure out if maybe the Transformers toys might be the coolest toys of any it's toy that line is, out there. That's a strong argument. Yeah. That's a str- because even if I I don't have Transformers toys, like I don't collect them or anything like that. Um still, they might be the coolest toys ever invented. That would be a good episode to do. It's like 80s toys. Mm-hmm. And we could get like and this could be like a multimedia extravaganza here. Yeah. We could get like a sampling of maybe Oh, I don't know. Five or ten. We'd have to choose a number of franchises. And we'll be like, we're going to figure out what the coolest toys from the 80s were by buying a handful of them, second hand obviously, and we we will sit down and play with them <laughs> and we'll film it. Yeah. And then we'll talk about our time on the podcast. And we'll we'll go in there. We'll go right into the action and actually do the thing and we'll we'll play with toys and see which ones are the most fun to play with could be fun yeah that could be fun that'd be a good episode that would be a good episode yeah well i feel like we uh i mean we we talked about breakfast club for a while I guess. Wait, I mean, you guys need to expect it at this point. We're going to bring you a topic. Yeah. And then we're going to tangent off of that topic. That's yeah. what this show is about. <laughs> we're not going to stick to a topic if we have to force ourselves to continue coming up with something to say. I feel like we covered it pretty well, didn't yeah. we? You know, it's like... Yeah, we're not just going to sit here and fact check the Breakfast Club for no. you. Like, it... The ideas behind this movie led us to other discussions, and that's what typically is going to happen. Yeah. But we're, we talked about it, like we said we would. We both have seen it now. It's a damn good movie. It is. If you've never seen it, then you're missing out. Yeah. I will say that much. And it really makes me feel cool being called Bender. Yeah. Because John Bender is the coolest character in that movie. So when you... If you had to be associated with a fictional Bender, you definitely choose him over Futurama Bender. I like Futurama Bender, but I would prefer being associated by... That's... And I've said that before. That's how I know, like, the type of person I'm dealing with. If I yeah. say, oh, my name's Zach Bender, and they go, oh, like Futurama, or they say, oh, like The Breakfast Club. Yeah. If they say, oh, like The Breakfast Club, I'm like, mm, <laughs> you, you and I are going to be friends, yeah. you know. But I do like I'm not, I have no problem being associated with Futurama Bender because he's probably the funniest character on that show. Well, you've got, you've got two good associations with Really good associations, honestly. I have... I don't really have any. <laughs> <laughs> There's no famous Villars. 
from media. What about but Nick's? I mean, Nick, Nick Junior. <laughs> Nick, <laughs> Nick at night. Nick Junior. Nick Alodian. Nick Alodian. I used to get that. You know, yeah. people would do Nick, 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 Nick. You know. <laughs> If you don't know what that is, then... You're too young for me. <laughs> you're too young to listen to this podcast, probably. Nickelodeon. Nick's for kids. It's one reason I knew I couldn't name my son a junior. He couldn't be a junior. Nick Jr. It wouldn't work. It would ruin his life. Nick and people would have people would have picked up on it at some point. Oh yeah. Because everything's coming back, especially 90s stuff. Mhm. You know, which is weird that that's like the new nostalgia. It is cuz I'm like I I mean I'm sure that's how our our parents felt when like yeah. 80s stuff was coming back. Like now 90s stuff is starting to be in style and I'm just like I was there. I don't yeah. what is why is this why is this happening? <laughs> I mean, there's cool, there's cool stuff there. Yeah, there's stuff cool. from the '90s. Like, I loved it. I loved growing up during that time. But now that it's coming back into fashion, it is kind of neat to like go to the store and see that I can get Shout Factory versions of like Rocco's Modern Life. Oh, yeah. and uh, yeah. I need to kind of stuff. Put those on my list of things mm-hmm. to pick up because they're always at Walmart. Mm-hmm. Cat Dog, Hey Arnold, Rocco, you know. All of it. It's always there. Mm-hmm. I just need to pick it all up. Yeah, and it's nice that you can buy the entire series. And know? we can we can branch into the '90s a little bit. Yeah, we can on our topics. I think. Yeah. I don't want to go like I don't want to go too far into it. You know. Right. But I feel like early '90s is pretty mixed in there. With mm. the 80s stuff. Next week we're doing Hollow Notes, right? Yeah. We talked about yeah. that. The mm-hmm. week after, I want to do this movie called Inner Space. Have you oh, heard of it? Oh, that's a great movie. I love that movie It's on Netflix now. Is it? I was like, I got on Netflix earlier today and I was uh, scrolling through whatever. Yeah. And it popped up. And I like let the little preview play in the corner, mm-hmm. and I was. It's got Martin Short in yeah, it, yeah, and Dennis Quaid, yeah. And it's 1987, and I watched the little preview, and I was like, I want to fucking watch this. Have movie. you ever seen it? No. Oh, it's so good. We should do Inner yeah. Space. That was that was an early favorite. Definitely, definitely a great movie from that time. Yeah, I'd totally be down to talk about that one. Yeah, because I feel like that's one that you know. Uh, the guy that directed what Gremlins did it, yeah. So, but I feel like Inner Space is one that I never heard of it mm-hmm. until I saw it on Netflix. Yeah, it's really so. Good. We should talk about that the following. We'll do Hollow Notes next week, and then Inner Space the week after. Hollow Notes H two O next week. Inner Space after that. That's your, that's your little lineup for right now. <laughs> and we're gonna stick to it because I really want to see Inner Space. <laughs> I don't know why, but I was like, this looks awesome. Maybe we can get together and watch it. Yeah, that would be sweet. All right, well, um, I, yeah, train rolled right along tonight. Yeah, it did. So, okay. hopefully you and guys enjoyed it. beer rolled right into my belly. I'm <laughs> super buzzed. You a little buzzed? A little bit. 
You're gonna have to stick around for a minute. Probably ten percent alcohol by volume. <sighs> Maybe we can. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Play a little Dead by Daylight if you want. That sounds so stressful. <laughs> Maybe. Or you can just watch me play. Yeah. <laughs> just watch me play this game. It'll be fun, I promise. Yeah. Maybe you can. Maybe we can. Maybe you can let me hook up the VR for a minute. Oh yeah, you can do that. Play some of that Battle Zone. Yeah. I've been wanting to play it ever since I played it the one time. I've been wanting to play my VR lately, but like every time I think about it, I'm just like, well, I'll play Counter Strike instead because it's re- it's really easy for me to just open it yeah. and play it. It's what we we're talking about over at Josh's. The rigmarole of getting I'm, out your VR and all that. I get that, but I'm like, if I had one, I feel like I'd play it a lot. I'm super into it. Mm-hmm. Every time, I've only had it on a handful of times, yeah. and I just think it's the coolest thing. It really is. It, I'm taking nothing away from it. Yeah. This is all about me being lazy. Yeah. And nothing about the PSVR. <laughs> right. It's it's just, it's mm-hmm. fucking cool. Mm-hmm. But that's for another time. Yeah. Uh, let's. We should just go. Let's go. Let's go. We're gonna go play some PSVR for right, a while. Here comes the outro. Yeah. Bye. Outro. Time. <laughs> Bender just dropped his uh this is like a time warp kind of because you heard him talk about this like an hour ago but here's the crazy thing is that tab is still in his beer and he still hasn't taken another drink of it yet because it literally just happened (laughs) but you've listened to an hour of our show and now he's taking one sip and i hope i heard it jingle yeah we're fine it's okay yeah all right you don't want to drink that though well i'm almost it's like it's this much it's only that much i just read this story about this dude who had like he went to the hospital and he had like 25 human eyeballs in his asshole no yeah you're lying i'm not just like lying. that time you said you support trump <laughs> <laughs> No, look it up. Okay, alright. I'm about to... Hold on, I have a comment on Instagram. Oh, it's just a heart. Gotta check that IG. I do. I... If you guys... I'm on IG all the time, guys. At BenderBite. Follow me. Um, what am I looking up? 25 eyeballs in asshole? Am I about to type that into Google? Yeah. Okay, here we go. I could be... The the number could be a little off. I'm being general here. Eyeballs... In asshole. It was some number of asshole. <laughs> <laughs> some number of assholes. <laughs> he had 16 assholes in his asshole. Wyoming man found with 30 eyeballs 30. stuffed up his butt. It was more than I thought. Casper, Wyoming. Police made a routine traffic stop early Thursday morning and got more than they bargained for when... You know, name shall remain anonymous. I'm not going to say it. Stepped out of an El Camino. Of course he did. 
for a field sobriety test, and Casper police Casper police noticed several eyeballs slide from his right pant onto the road. What? Feeling they could have a potential murderer on their hands, police quickly drew guns and cuffed Anonymous. Anonymous assured police the eyeballs were not human, but instead cow eyeballs. He had pilfered from something I can't read because he my page is not closing. <laughs> he pilfered It says them. pilfered. <laughs> from something meets a slaughterhouse where he's employed as a butcher. And he takes eyeballs. Company won't let us take animal scraps home. Instead, toss them in landfill, Anonymous said in police report. They're a very wasteful company. Should be allowed to take <laughs> scrap meat and other products home. The company should start a green initiative. They don't even have a recycling at the plant. They won't even let us take them home to shove them up our ass. Anonymous explained his actions. I enjoy eating bowls of? I don't know. I... Bovine, bovine. I enjoy eating bovine eyeballs and smuggling them out in my colon was the only way I knew how to get them out without potentially getting caught and fired. Mm. Anonymous told police he estimates he has smuggled several thousand eyeballs from the plant over the last few months. Oh, oh, the games people play. Check us out on the internet at superdivorceme.com, facebook.com slash superdivorce, and Twitter at superdivorce. If you want to find me, like I said, you can find me on Instagram at benderbutt, and you can find the handsome gentleman across from me on almost any social media at Nicholas Villars. Thanks for listening to Eyeballs and Buttholes. (laughs) We'll see you next week. Bye, chefs. Hey, chefs. First ever Super Divorce Supercast addendum. What else would prompt it but this man who shoved several thousand bovine eyeballs in his asshole over the course of several Several months. months. It's not like he did this over the course of ten years. No, several months. He shoved thousands of eyeballs up his butthole, and then he went home and ate them. He ate the eyeballs. I just made the point before we started recording again that I suppose cooking them properly would kill any bacteria that might have been uh, put on the eyeballs by shoving them up his ass. Right, it would. I mean, technically it would. But you're still cooking something that you put up your butthole. That's like if you like took a shit into a frying pan and then cooked it. Like how many um let's see. I, I got to do some math here. What do you, what do you think is the minimum if someone says several thousand? How many thousand do you think is the minimum to reach several thousand? 3,000, 4,000, because a couple thousand is two, obviously, so several thousand. Well, 
Before we go any further, though, and not to ruin the whole mood because this is a ridiculous story. Well, there's a reason where it's ridiculous. Because it's fake news. Oh, man. It's fake news. Damn it. I think. Hold on. What a buzzkill. Why would it be fake news? Why would you make that up? Bender's looking here. He's trying to vet this story and find out if it was fake news or not. See if it's very fake news. How can you tell the story is made up? There are several indicators that this story was fake. First, no other major media publication reported the strange story of... Well, the fake Roy Tilbert yeah. and his fetish for cow eyeballs as real news. Second, the photo included in the crazed article shows a man named James Joe Nordwall and not Roy Tibbet, a serial rapist who wow. was sentenced to 100 years in prison in 2014. Finally, crazed disclaimer states that all articles found on the website are for entertainment purposes only. So wow. crazed is the website that originated the article. Oh. It's fake news. Nobody shoved 30 eyeballs up their butthole. I choose to believe that people in Wyoming do shove bovine eyes <laughs> up their ass and drive home with them because their companies are wasteful. Okay. All right. This is a way more unsatisfying addendum than I wanted it to be. But Yeah. But you know what? We have to fact check. Because, because that's what Super Divorce is all about. <laughs> we don't want you guys going around and telling your friends about this guy who shoved eyeballs in his ass if it didn't really happen. And it uh, didn't, it sounds it like. Apparently it didn't. And and to be clear, I didn't say that it happened for sure. I said I read this happened. Yeah. And I thought it was a very strange news story to happen upon. It is a strange news story. Well, with a little more investigation, Super Divorce has gotten to the bottom of things and we you will we get debunked it you will get no fake news from super divorce the that, the story of the the story of real roy tilbert turned out to just be old man smithers in a mask <laughs> rut row so unsatisfying but you know i don't know we do I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to play some PlayStation VR. That's what I'm going to do. You're going to play it. People have probably done weirder things, to be honest with I'm you. I'm like sweating in There's this room. There's probably someone out there who actually has done this. I ate an eyeball one time. Did you know that? No. There was... Okay, so I used to work at Atria Retirement Home in Coleraine, right? Mm -hmm. And at the time, I was working with my chef, Chris, that like took me from place to place. Anyways, we had a pig roast. We had like a Hawaiian... Um, pig roast one time like a like a luau yeah and uh roasted this whole pig it was crazy they delivered it like the, the day spit? before it was on a spit what is that i don't know what that the is. thing yes that turns it was yeah they delivered it like the day before though so we just had this whole fucking pig carcass in our freezer at work craziness anyways I don't know how I got the idea, but I was like, I want to eat the eyeball. You can eat anything off of it. Yeah. Like, that's what I want. Right. You know? 
So, uh, we had this, like, this guy, he was, like, the health and wellness director or something. His name was John. I think he went by Jonathan, which is so pretentious. <laughs> he did a thing, like, he did, like, a, we're gonna raise money for some such whatever, who's gonna pay for me to eat this eyeball so he got like the one eyeball and it was a whole thing and he ate the eyeball in front of everybody all the residents and everything and then uh my chef like just had had a the head of a pig the head of a pig just you know he had it on a plate in front of him and he just like spooned the eyeball out and was like do you want this and i was just like i fucking said i would like i want it was it cooked Yes. Yeah, the the pig had been roasted, you know, for yeah. several hours. Uh, I probably had already eaten some cheek. Mm-hmm. You know, we ate some pork, like... Some good ham. Yeah, good, you know, it was all pulled. It was mostly, yeah. you, you pulled it all, but it was just like... Cook this thing down. Anyways, he just like spoons out this eyeball, just like you would see in any horror movie, and hands it to <laughs> me. And it's just... just just this fucking eyeball, you know. Did it have like the? Was there like stuff attached? A little bit, like where it went into. Yeah, the, like yeah. a little bit, and you know, it wasn't like, it wasn't super round. Yeah, you know, it wasn't like this perfect marble. Was been cooked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was very kind of like, it was more like <laughs> a spoonful of jelly. Yeah. Than you know what you would imagine scooping an eyeball an, out to look an like. An obelisk. Right. Is yeah. So I ate it. Yeah. I ate it. And I gagged. Not gonna lie. The texture of eating an eyeball is just the absolute worst thing. But I swear to whoever is up in the clouds, it tasted like bacon. Really? Yeah. Wow, what a revelation. Swear to God. Wow. Or whatever else. So it was like... Like a kind of a bouncy ball filled with jam that tastes like bacon maybe more like honestly not not even a bouncy ball like imagine um if you were to eat a spoonful of jelly Mm -hmm. that had a crust on top of it okay because it was very like it wasn't it just really wasn't formed Okay, like, I don't yeah. know why it's so important, but I'm stressing it wasn't a formed eyeball. It was, he scooped it out, and yes, there was a little, like... Maybe, like, the, I'm, I'm imagining that maybe the um, the outside layer is almost like the the, the caramelized top of, um, what do you call that? Uh, like, like, fucking, like, uh... What is that? I don't know what it is! What's it called? Uh, the uh, like, creme brulee. Yes. Yeah. Creme brulee. Okay, so you crust. It's, yeah, it'd be like a. It'd be like creme brulee, but in like a little disc. Yeah. Or circle-ish. Yeah, like of... spoon, like a spoon of. You know, if you just like took a spoonful of creme brulee, uh, and you so you have that nice like crust. Yeah. On the top of the spoon, but then under is all jelly. Yeah. Like imagine that, and it's again, like I said, it's not a formed. But it tastes sphere. like bacon. It tasted like bacon. It tasted like gross, wet, fatty bacon. <laughs> wet? 
like it like was like this slimy, you know, yeah. like you eat it. And, like I said, like the like jelly. Like imagine just taking a spoonful of jelly. Like I love peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Yeah, I'll eat peanut butter by the spoonful. I do not think I'm gonna be dipping a spoon into some grape jelly and eating it. You know what I mean? Hmm. Would you have another? No, probably eyeball. not. Probably not. I wonder if the cow eyeball tastes like steak. I don't know. I'm not gonna find out. It was. I I had to I had to hold my I didn't throw up. Yeah. I had to hold my constitution though. Like I gagged a little bit. It was it was a tough experience, but it tasted like bacon. Well, there you go. <laughs> Um, this 10% alcohol for real, man. Yeah. No joke. No joke. The reverend drink it. Not just for Sundays. No, it's no joke. It's good beer. Go get yourself a reverend and, uh, talk about some movies and see if you can see if you can maybe get a hold of some, some fucking pig eyeballs and don't put them in your butt, but just eat them. I feel like you can probably buy them at your local butcher shop. You could, couldn't you? Eyeballs? Yeah. I, am, I imagine. I mean, people sell pig's feet and right. frog legs and all that shit. You probably go to the... If, if nothing else, you could probably go to the butcher at Jungle Gym. Oh, yeah. And get... Maybe try out some some eyes next time. I mean... In the scheme of things, when you're talking about eating an animal, there's something noble about that. What, eating an eyeball? Yeah. Like, like, you're, you're like using all of the animal? Yeah. You you're know? like, ooh, well, that's not, that's not what I want to eat. It's like, well. Well, I'm going to. Yeah. This thing gave its life so you could continue to have sustenance, you know? It tastes like bacon. Mm-hmm. A little jellyish, But uh, maybe you just, you deal with it. Yeah, it was disgusting. Alright, well, I guess we'll see you next week. Okay, seriously, bye guys. Bye. Super divorce.